consistent self-improvement everybody you are now listening to american gypsy podcast i am your host classic and i'm gypsy and we are also have our special guest here miss kimberly nicole and mr michael from something in common podcast welcome thank you thank you thank you thank you glad to be here so we first came across this lovely lovely couple last year at the great iron wars which is a celebration that I'm going to get them to tell us a little bit more about. <laughs> um, but it is held at Iron Addicts Gym by the great C.T. Fletcher. Yes, sir. And my first question, how did you guys first meet C.T. Fletcher? I first was was introduced to the person C.T. Fletcher maybe 10, 11 years ago. Um and when I say introduce, just found out who he was. Um, right. A friend of one of my best friends that I grew up with sent me a link to this YouTube video. And he was like, bro, you got to check this guy out. You got to check him out. He's crazy. Talk a bunch of crap and all of that stuff. So he sent me this link. And it was, I can't remember the exact video, but it, I think it was like penitentiary arms or something. And they were just working arms. And you got this guy and he's just loud. He's cussing and <laughs> Just going haywire, and I mean it. But it 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 he sucks you in. So that was about maybe ten or eleven years ago. Um, so I started following him then, and then maybe four, almost five years ago. Um, when it was about four years ago, because we had just started our weight loss journey, okay. and out of the blue one day he starts following me on. Instagram. I had <laughs> before that had, you know, other than liking his post and everything, I had no contact with him. And he started following me on Instagram and he would start commenting on, on, um, on our weight loss videos and all of that stuff. And from there, we just kind of struck up like a, I guess an online friendship. And, um, maybe three years ago. Yeah. About three years ago. Um, he invited me to come out and train at the gym and well, Samson did cause me and Samson started talking and then, um, Samson invite, he started when they started doing the father and son training program, he just was like, man, you got, you got to come out and train. So we came out and we trained and I didn't know CT was going to be there that day. So that was kind of, when we were done working out, he was like, I got a surprise for you. And then CT comes in. So it was about three years. Yeah. We just been, friends ever since and then it just kind of blossomed into this thing and honestly I can't even tell you how it blossomed into what it blossomed into um he's basically to this point become like a second dad to Kim like <laughs> I think their relationship is closer to me and his is at this point yeah. so her um her father passed away a couple of years ago actually two years ago last month last month and um from that point on like CT really stepped in and was like really like a second dad to her and I yeah and, and their relationship is it's way different <laughs> it, it's way, way different than, than just strength training and all of that like um I, I I was the epitome of daddy's girl so when my dad passed away um it was I felt lost I was mm-hmm. in a very dark place lost and um CT kind of stepped in and just he was there, you know, I could talk to him, you know, um, 
he understood what it was, what I was going through with having lost a parent. So he kind of just kind of blossomed from there. So for me, it's, it's more than just the working out and the, the yelling and the cussing and the CT <laughs> that everybody sees, you know, I kind of get the other side where he's just like dad. He doesn't talk to her the way he talks to me. <laughs> he's, 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 he's very soft and gentle with her. Yeah. My baby this, my baby that. But if I showed you me and his text thread, like he, he calls me every name in the book. Like we're literally up all night long, just cussing each other out and making fun of each other. And then she'll wake up. She like, you two are like children, <laughs> yeah. but he's like baby this, baby that. But yeah, they, um, he he was very instrumental in our weight loss journey, yeah. sp- specifically mine because you know that that mindset that he has when I was about four hundred, my heaviest was about four seventy, so four seventy three. Mm-hmm. I was not when I first started watching him, his message I wasn't mentally ready for it. And it wasn't until I started losing the weight and wanting to get into the gym where everything I used to hear him say on his videos really started kind of coming back to me and helping me on my journey. And then to be able to have that personal that personal connection with him where I can ask him for advice and he really just started putting me on this training plan that took my training to the next level. Especially a couple of years ago when I had, um, I was in the hospital for about two weeks, so I have, I have a aorta dissection. Um, so basically it's a tear in my main valve from my heart leading down to my midsection. So there's two versions of it. You have an, an ascending tear and a descending tear. Neither one of them are good, but if you got to have one, you want the one going away from the heart. So luckily that's what I had. And with him having a heart transplant and all that stuff that when I got out of the hospital, I went in the hospital at 235 pounds. I came out in 202 pounds and they told me from that point on, I would never be able to lift again. They were just like, it's just too much stress on your body. And so for about three months, I didn't touch a weight. And <laughs> I remember I called CT one day. And I was just like, look, they telling me I can't lift anymore. I don't know what to do. And he was like, damn that. He was like, we're going to totally switch your plan up. So he basically personalized the weightlifting plan for me that would allow me to basically lift lighter but more volume. And honestly, from that point on, that's when I really started seeing the changes in my body with just the way he kind of restructured my workout plan. Cause before that I was doing his, um, his Fletcher formula, but he, he hadn't actually put it out yet. So he was just kind of using me as a trial run and a few other people. Um, but he retailed that whole program for me and it's been amazing. The results I've seen so far. That's um, awesome. Sorry. I'm just rambling, I can, but yeah, but no, I, can, I can see, you know, the warmth in the relationship from, you know, the Instagram that you guys have. Yeah. And like I said, it's, that's a once in a lifetime relationship. Absolutely. You know, with the once in a lifetime kind of person. Yeah, it was interesting because the my my boy that introduced me to CT all these years ago, he came out this weekend to the expo. So I was able to introduce him to CT and it was like mind blowing for him too. Cause and and to see the amount of people that waited in line to talk to him today, and I always tell him, like he always tells me, like, I'm not a celebrity. He said that I'm not a celebrity. I'm like, but Pops, you gotta understand, like your reach is worldwide. Like you've inspired so many people. I mean, to see like grown men that were walking up to him over the weekend, they were just like in tears. And they were just like, you really, really like saved my life. You helped me. And, and I asked him right when he got ready to leave, I said, I said, does that ever get old? And he was like, son, he said, it's still for me. He said, it's mind blowing for me that people would stand in these long lines just to shake my hand. He doesn't, Sometimes I don't think he realizes the 
reach that he has. I say, when you go live, I say, Pops, you got people all over the world like that you've inspired. And I think it's sometimes it's still hard for him to grasp how how amazing he truly is sometimes. But he's probably the most humble individual Man, I've ever met in my life. his voice is so strong. He just, you could, the, just what it does. I, I, I came across him, I think it was in Virginia. It's probably over about six, seven years now. But I think it was a, a friend of mine from Mississippi who was there who put me on to him. And I was doing a little workout stuff then. I, I feel terrible now because I still haven't started my, my weight, mm-hmm. at least my muscle gaining. Yeah. Like Never too late to, to start, though, oh, it's, brother. It's, Trust me, I'm, I'm living proof of it. <laughs> and it's a, it's such an inspiration, even just to be here. And that's one thing. When I came across him in Virginia, I never thought I'd be living here in California to mm-hmm. go even meet Samson yep. and um, go, yeah, to meet yeah. him last year at mm-hmm. Iron, Iron Wars. Yep. And like I said, the energy and the power of his voice. Then I came on to him to the Terry Crews, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, videos. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it was it was inspiring then. And like I said, even just to to stand in line or it, yeah. the same thing for me. I was last year, hey, I just gotta shake his hand, take a picture. It's like, <laughs> yo, this dude, even just from the the heart problems and yeah. to come to have that video, the fall was painful. Man. Yeah. And he plays cry. that now and it hey, drives her crazy. She was just like, it. would um, you stop posting that video? <laughs> like he thinks it's funny. And man. like she gets all freaked out oh. every time he posts it. She was like but at it's a, still a, it's yeah. still that yeah. fatherly cringe. Like, yeah. come on, man, oh man. Yeah, but even it's, for, yeah, it's watching that is like, oh, but he, but it's know, inspiring. Yeah, but he and his and I asked him, I'm like, what drove you to do it? Like, you just <laughs> your heart trip. But he was like, it's just. He said, I had to prove something to myself. Yeah, and I was just like, okay, well, <laughs> and that's <laughs> it. Teach us all though. That's the same yeah. thing. We got that that we want to prove to ourselves, you know. But it it takes. A voice like his and that type of even just understanding of life, you know, what you can be at your low and, you know, you could either take it and and let it beat you down and go with it. Or, hey, you get up, beat the shit out of it and show them you're the the best person in the room or, you you know, you're one of the baddest motherfuckers out there. And and that's the thing. And that's what I tell him. I'm like, you know, you know, to have that personal conversation with him when I got out of the hospital, I was just like, you know, I don't know what I'm going to do. And he was just like, are you dead? I was like, no. <laughs> and he was like, well. Did you die? He, like, well, but did he you said, die? guess what? Your ass going to keep lifting. He said, well, now, he was like, you know, I'm not telling you to not follow the doctor's orders. Because mm-hmm. they basically at that point, they had gave me clearance to lift a little bit. And he was like, I'm just going to restructure your plan. So if you can't lift heavy, you can't lift heavy. And... Honestly, even at that, you know, you just on this whole man trip, I got to lift all the weights in the gym. And it was kind of reprogramming my brain to realize, okay, I don't have to go in the gym and lift 400 pounds. Like, my goal is to continue to transform my body. Because by that time, I had already lost maybe 150 pounds, but I was looking like a melted candle, too. So it's just <laughs> like, I, I tell people that as I started losing the weight, my confidence kind of went backwards. Most people, when they start losing weight, they gain more confidence. Because I didn't like the way my body was looking, it was like, Ugh. like Ugh. I kind of lost that confidence. So I knew I wanted to put more muscle on and all of that stuff. So at that point, the only thing I knew from playing football was just going to the gym and lift the heaviest weights you can lift. There was no program. There was no method to the madness at all so for him to kind of tailor that plan and give me a plan to follow was really like i said really started seeing the changes and really kind of taking me to that next level now i just gotta 
get my nutrition in order and stay off the Girl Scout Thin Mint cookies. (laughs) 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 That's my struggle. (laughs) Did you both compete um, in Iron Wars? No, just 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 me. So I, I... So weightlifting, strength training was not my thing. When I lost mm-hmm. my weight, so I, my highest, I was 468. So I've lost over 240. And uh-huh. um, But once I lost the weight, I got into running. So I did running, um, biking, swimming. So I've done triathlon, and that's what I was into until he got sick. So when he got sick and wanted to start strength training again, you know, I was at every doctor's appointment. I heard the doctors and what they said, you know, no more than 50 pounds. They put a number on it. He never wants to talk about the number, but they put a number <laughs> and they said no more than 50. So, you know, I was like very, um, and my, it, this was six months after my dad had died. So I was like, I can't lose you. So whatever they say, do this is what we're going to do. And I wasn't a strength trainer, weightlifter at all, but he wanted to start lifting again and CT put him on this program. So I was like, well, if that's what you're going to do, that's what I'm going to do. Cause I'm going to be right there with you and I'm going to watch and make sure you're not overexerting yourself and you're doing what the doctors say. So basically I was there as his chaperone <laughs> to make sure he was doing the right thing. And I just kind of started, you know, just lifting and I was reading how it, you know, could help in triathlon. So I was like, mm-hmm. okay, let me do some of that. You know, I'm, I'm over 40 mm-hmm. and they say lifting weights is good for you as you start to age. I was like, okay, so let me just do a little bit of something. And, um, that's all I was doing. And I went to Iron Wars with him last year and I was just going to honestly just to help CT. Like I, I manned the merchandise table. So that was okay. what I was doing. Um, but then, you know, the energy, it, it was like, it sucks you in yeah. and yeah. all these people. And I was like, this is amazing. Like, and then there weren't many women. So I believe there was what, two women that competed that year. Yeah. It was two women that actually competed. He had a couple of special guest lifters at the, you know, um, um, Nadia Storm. Yeah, Nadia Storm, um, plus size fitness queen. She came in and did her. Th- well, she didn't. She lift, didn't lift. But she, she was. was he had like special guests. So, yeah. it and this was like five or six months ago. And I, I, I texted him. And I was like, Pops, I think I want to compete next year. And he was like, Really? And I was like, Sure, why not? You know. And I had never been on a bench. I hadn't done any of that. So we went to the gym, and he's like, Well, we got to see what your max is. So I, um lifted a struggle 135 pounds like it took all it took it all out of me to push it up one time and um ct put me on a program he trained me virtually every week and got me to iron wars this year so um competed and was able to rep my former max 135 11 times and won so nice yeah so congratulations thank you i was so happy to be able to do that now I went into this thinking I'm not gonna I'm not gonna win. I just wanted to do it just to honestly to honor my dad and um you know do it for CT because he had he had trained me and you know five or six months I'm like that's no time yeah. and I was thinking you know 135 pounds like in my mind it didn't sound seem heavy but it kind of really is. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> so being able to do that and I you know I was able to compete this year so. I'm still on a high from that and can't wait till next year. Yeah. She yeah. has to nice. defend her. Crown yes. Now. Yes. Oh, yeah. So now, and I told him and I told CT, I said, they've created a monster. Cause <laughs> I think I've walked around for the last almost 48 hours. 
telling him to call me champ. Man. Like, don't call me Kim. My name is champ. That's, or dress me appropriately. Like she, she was literally, I'm going to post a video. I took a video. She was laying like in the bed with this thing around her neck. And I'm like. I had the medal on. Like, I got up. I sat at the table with breakfast. I had my medal on. I didn't, I, I didn't want to embarrass. I was going to wear it to the expo, to the fit expo, but I didn't want to embarrass him too terribly. I'm going to embarrass me. But, but I do plan to wear it when I go to work, when I get back home. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, I mean it's and when I we talked about that earlier and it's and you know I'm amazed at how you know how God works sometimes you know me being in the hospital and they and, and my doctors told me he you know I was kind of explaining to him explaining to him my my weight loss journey and like I said I had already lost maybe one fifty one hundred sixty pounds by then he said Michael I'm gonna tell you something he said I'm ninety nine point ninety nine point nine percent sure had you not lost the weight. And had this aorta dissection, you would have dropped dead where you were standing at. So luckily, I had already started the journey and had got the weight off me. And I was like, well, why is that? And he was like, people don't understand how much extra stress you put on your body when you got that much weight on. And he was like, so between, because the aorta dissection happened in in my garage. And I didn't know what it was. I thought I had pulled a muscle because, you know, I was work. We had worked out that morning. I was feeling good. And, you know, by that, you know, COVID had hit. So I had all this like extra stuff, like workout stuff in the garage. And she went to work that morning and I was in the garage working out. I'm like, get another workout in and was in there lifting weights. And I remember I was sitting on the bench and couldn't get up. And I was like, I just had this pain in my chest that went all the way down to my midsection. I didn't know what had happened. So I was thinking, okay, I had pulled a muscle because I was lifting heavy that day and barely made it from the garage back into the house. And I remember laying on the couch for like an hour, and I texted her. I said, something's not right. I think I pulled a muscle. So I laid on the couch for an hour, literally crawled up the stairs, up because we had a two-story house, climbed up the stairs, got in the bed. The next day I woke up, felt a little better. That was Saturday. Sunday, woke up. Felt a little better. Still had this pain in my midsection. And that Monday, I knew I had to travel for work. So I was like, let me just go get checked out. Go over to urgent care across the street. By the time they checked me in and were getting ready to call me to the back, I'm passing out in the lobby of the, of the waiting room. They get me to the hospital. They call an ambulance, get me to the hospital. I'm telling the doctor, telling the nurse what's going on. They give me a CAT scan. They roll me back into the room, like literally five minutes later, they run back into the room. They're like, we got a helicopter coming. You're going into immediate, immediate open-heart surgery. And I'm by this time, I'm feeling better. So I'm like, the hell you mean I'm going into open-heart surgery? He was like, you got a tear in your aorta. So they literally put me in a helicopter, flew me to University of Maryland. Luckily, I didn't have to have the surgery, so I'm doing okay. But eventually, I have to get a stent put in down the line. But, you know, and my doctor's like, it's stress. He's like, it's you carrying all that weight just in, and my blood pressure was ridiculous. Like I had years and years of undiagnosed high blood pressure that took a toll on me as well. So, um, right now it's just trying to keep the stress as low as possible and, um, just try to smile every day and be thankful, man. So that's really where this journey is kind of leading me. And now really want to, I'm, I'm really thinking about getting my training certificate. I really want to help, um, men that are dealing with heart issues like I'm dealing with, and also, oh, and I don't know if we talked about it, but we started our weight loss journey. We both had um, weight loss surgery. I had 2019? 2019. So that's what really kicked off our journey. So I really want to start working with bariatric patients as well. I hear so many horror stories about bariatric patients that go into a gym and the trainers are scolding them about, oh, you don't need weight loss surgery and all of that stuff. So I really want to kind of tailor my training to help people 
um, that have had weight loss surgery as well and help them get to the next level. What is that? Um, I know I've heard of it. I don't quite know too much. Yeah, about we it. had um, gastric sleeve surgery, so they okay. removed um, eighty percent of our stomach. Mm. Okay. Um, so you could, there's a, there's a couple kind, there's a gastric sleeve and then there's a total bypass where they kind of mm-hmm. reroute your intestines and organs. Um, we didn't have that one, but we did have where part of our stomach was removed and, um, we both had it in 2019. Mm-hmm. I had it in February. He had it in April. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, it was, it was kind of for me, the last resort, like I was 468 pounds, My dad was in the hospital. Um, My dad was um, morbidly obese as well. And um, for me, the trigger was seeing him in the hospital and like he couldn't get an MRI. He couldn't get a CAT scan because he couldn't fit in the machines. Mm -hmm. And to have a doctor tell me, we don't know what we can do for him um, because he's just too big. And I'm like, it's 2018. You're telling me because he's big, you can't save him? And the doctors were like, we can do surgery, but we don't know what we're going to be looking at because we can't see it ahead of time. So they were like, he's got a 50-50 chance of survival. He had to have brain surgery. And um, they did it. Luckily, they were able, he had lesions on his brain, and they were able to um, remove a couple of them, but left him where he couldn't move his left side of his body, so he couldn't walk anymore. And um, he came out of that surgery, and they wheeled him in his room, and he looked at me. And mind you, I'm... I'm my dad. I'm daddy's girl. He's never said anything to me about my weight ever growing up. And I I wasn't an overweight child, but kind of put on weight as a teenager, you know, I had two kids and just really just years packing on the weight. But he never once said anything about it. And he looked at me and he said, don't be like me. And I was like, what do you mean? Don't be like you. What? What? Like, you're the best dad in the world. And he was like, don't die fat. And I was just like, okay. And we never spoke of weight again. He said that one thing, that was it. I waited with him until he came out of anesthesia, made sure he was good. I went home and I told Michael, I said, I'm having weight loss surgery. And he's like, what? And I said, I have to lose the weight. Um, you know, I was in my, what, early 40s when my dad got really sick like that. And all I could think about was I had teenage daughters. And I said, you know, I would never say that my dad was a burden, but I would feel like a burden if something happened to me, my daughters are teenagers, they would never get to experience life because they'd be taking care of me all because I couldn't control what I put in my mouth. So I had to do something. So I told him I was going to do it. He was like, okay, I'm behind you. He was like, but I'm not. He wasn't going to do it. He was like, he'll lose weight another way. So um, I started looking at doctors and hospitals, found one. I really wasn't impressed, didn't like them, found another um, practice and I think, what was it, within six months of making yeah. the decision, I was having the surgery. Um, but it was, it, for me, it, it was that moment I had to make a change or I never was going to. So I, I, honestly, I was blessed that I didn't have any, like, high blood pressure, diabetes, or any issues. But it was going that way. Like, my yeah. mobility was not good. I could barely walk. Um, I remember we would get into arguments when we would go to the mall or to the grocery store because I, he would park too far. And I'd be like, you got to circle. Like, I can't walk that. You got to park closer. So things like that. Or when we took our kids to Disney and I had to get a scooter because I couldn't walk Disney World. So I was like, I can't do this anymore. And 
I'm the type of person, if I'm going to make up my mind and do it, I got to, I have to do it now. Like I can't wait. It's got to be done. So that's why I decided to do it. And then, um, while I was going through my pre-op and all of that stuff you have to do, um, it was winter. He ended up getting sick with bronchitis. We, what we thought was bronchitis mm-hmm. took him to urgent care and his blood pressure was like 200 over 120. And no, no, they, no, no. It was higher than that. Yeah. It was like 220 over. Yeah. They told him he was year. a walking stroke. Yeah. And they said the, that that was masking to what looked like bronchitis, like a respiratory issue, but it was really high blood pressure. Yeah, I thought I was, everything I did that day, I was just winded, like walking up the stairs. Now, mind you, before that happened, even me carrying around all that weight, I never, like I could walk long distances. I never had an issue with any of that, but that particular day, and they say high blood pressure is like the silent killer. So I'm thankful that I did start to have some kind of symptoms because I probably never would have went to the hospital to get checked out. That particular day, I was just having trouble breathing. Go to the hospital, blood pressure was, I think it was like 220 over 180. It was almost, yeah, it was like 220 over 180. And the doctor was like, you're a walking stroke. And from that point, I knew I was in denial about, I've tried diet, juicing, this, that, over the years. And that really, for me, was like the thing, like, okay, Michael, stop lying to yourself. Like, you're not going to lose the weight. So I knew I had to get on that train with her and it, it was the best decision I ever made. And when then to have like a year and a half later where I had to order this section and for my surgeon to tell me had I not lost the weight, I would have died. That really solidified for me that I made the right decision. Cause you deal with the trolls online and people say, Oh, you could have did it naturally. You could have did it this way. And I was kind of letting that stuff kind of get in my head a little bit. But then when that happened, it was like, nah, I made the right decision, yeah. you know? So yeah, it's been a definitely been a blessing. And it's opened up so many other doors. Like, I just never thought this weight loss journey was going to open up the doors that it's opened up. So it's been it's been amazing, man. Absolutely amazing. And before <clears throat> I, I guess we go on and that we get more into the amazingness of your connection and how you came together mm-hmm. and the secret to how these types of things, having a partner to, you know, help yeah. get through these things. We're going to take a short little break, and we're going to come right back. Most definitely. So, Michael, you mentioned earlier about your expertise in, you know, making connections online (laughs) um, with, you know, CT and everything. I like to ask, you know, and I've heard you make a conversation on Instagram as well. You made a post about, you know, how you guys met. Mm Mm-hmm. Fill us in a little bit more on how that that I, I wasn't sure if you were joking or if no, you, know, I was you were serious. Dead ass serious. <laughs> so I, I, okay, I, so. I, I, I stalked her for months. So Kimberly used to do modeling years ago, um, and there would be like these. I guess people were kind of reposting her pictures on these different like Facebook pages, and I remember sitting on Facebook one evening and. This little sexy thing popped up, and I was like, who is that? I got to have her. <laughs> so I did a little detective work and uh, actually found her regular Facebook page and, uh, you know, jumped in the DM. And No, 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 no. I didn't jump in her DMs first. I, I think I started something. following her, mm-hmm. and then I would just kind of comment yeah. on her stuff. And I cannot remember – it was a song. It was a Beyonce song or something. And we started having this debate back and forth online. 
And I think that's kind of what like opened the door, but she was living in Maryland. I was living in Little Rock, Arkansas at the time. So she was kind of like blowing me off because it yes. was some distance. So, well, you know, I'm a persistent brother when I need to be. And <laughs> I had to do a little chipping and chipping and chipping. And so finally we exchanged numbers. But every time I would reach out to her, she'd be like, I'm busy. Lying. She wasn't busy. <laughs> I was busy. I had things to do. <laughs> She's already admitted that she was lying. So Part she wasn't she wasn't really taking me seriously because of the distance. And then um yeah, I broke her down. That's what I do. <laughs> but yeah, we we met online and it just kinda blossomed from there. And um next thing I know I was moving to Maryland. <laughs> <laughs> so that's basically the gist of it. But yeah, I, I I I did a little stalking there for a minute, but I had to happen. Yeah. We talked one night, all night on the phone. And from then we talked every day on the phone and um, just developed a relationship from Facebook. And he came to visit and I was like, oh, okay, then he's serious. Like, cause you know, I, this is long distance. I'm thinking, first of all, I don't know anybody in Arkansas. I'm like, Arkansas, really? <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, and then, you know, he was like, I'll come visit you. I was like, Really? So we came to visit. We went on a date. Told you I had to have one. <laughs> <laughs> and it was then, you know, and um, it was a blessed one. You know, we were nervous when we started dating. Um, we dated for about a year before our kids met. So he has two daughters. I have two daughters. Um, and what, how old is Deja's like? She was like 16. Yeah. Yeah. And our, our two, we have two that are six months apart, actually. Um, and then the youngest. And we were very nervous about getting all four girls together because girls can be something. So we were like, yeah, it's either going to go real well or it's going to be real bad. <laughs> and uh, got them together and they all fell in love with each other. And the two that are six months apart are best friends and have been best friends since they were 12. And they're now 21. So... Um, we, that that worked out. They live together. So. They live together. They go to college together. Nice. So, yeah. And um, our youngest is just turned eighteen. She'll graduate this year. The oldest is Deja's twenty four now. Twenty four. Twenty four. Newly granddaddy. Yeah, so. she just had a baby a couple months ago. So now we have a granddaughter. Congrats. So now it's five girls. Wow. <laughs> Poor him. Yeah. So it's been we, quite the journey. Yeah, so we we were blessed to have a, a blended family that worked. Mm -hmm. Not to say that it was easy. We had some real ups and downs. I mean, we had teenage daughters. Like, that alone is just a lot. But we got through it, and, you know, now we're getting to the point where we're going to be empty nesters soon. Mm -hmm. um, we're moving here to L.A. in June. The youngest is coming with us. Um, she's going to go to cosmetology school here. But um, the plan is that she's going to do her cosmetology for a year. The other two will graduate in 2024. They're coming out here. The three of them have talked about moving together and will be empty nesters <laughs> at that point. So we're counting down till 2024 when <laughs> they will all be gone. <laughs> so what inspired you to do the podcast? Something in common. So, again, I had initially, when we first got together, <clears throat> I wanted to do a podcast, so I started doing one, and I it was my truth. It was just basically me rambling about whatever I felt like rambling about at the time. Um, I did that for a little while, and I 
when I would listen back to it, I was like, God, I hate hearing myself talk. And I didn't feel like at that particular point in my life, I had a lot to talk about. So that kind of dwindled into me and her. We would just be in the bed at night just talking about any and everything. And she was really big on like current events and, and, and politics and all of that stuff. I'm like, hold on, we might have something here. But she's not super talking into like the public and all of that stuff. So when I first brought it to her, I was like, well, maybe we need to do the show together. And she was like, no. no. I'm, I'm very, I am a very introverted person. So yeah. that was just not what I really so wanted to do. So it took a little coaxing and then it turned into, but once we got going, she's one of those people where like when the camera comes on, she turns into this whole different person. <laughs> and it kind of took a life of its own to where when people started listening, like, all they wanted to hear was because she would go on these rants about you get her going on something. It's like a rant and she just goes off. And, and I think the other reason her and CT get along so well, they both cuss like sailors. So <laughs> she, um, I have a problem. Yeah, she, <laughs> I've, I've can, learned how to be really good with it and keep hold it. But if, if I'm on one, it's just, yeah. and yeah. so her rants were becoming super popular where people would just be like, they just wanted to know what she was going to rant about the next show. So, that kind, of, I kind of just turned into the introduction person and kind of get the the ball rolling. And from there, she would take over and it would get legs of his own. So it kind of turned into that. But you know, and I had a very interesting. So Michael is my second husband. I had a very interesting first marriage that <laughs> has led to a lot of discussion on the podcast, especially when we talk about relationship, because I I had such a horrible first marriage. <laughs> but that was the thing where women were relating to her story. And that's kind of like what yeah. drew a lot of the people in. Um, yeah. You go back and listen to some of those early episodes. It was like, Whoa. <laughs> and the women be like, girl, I know what you're talking about. <laughs> and it would just be, I mean, it would literally just blossom into all of this other stuff. Then the way she would kind of, talk about the politics it kind of she had her own show for a little while uh -huh. um it was rise up with kimberly nicole where she all she talked about was politics and then that kind of died off because she got to the point where it's just like the news started becoming so negative oh, and so she dramatic. was just like i mean when i tell you she was like cnn all day all night <laughs> news all day all night and then it just got to the point where it's like like, I don't think, I think we just watched CNN again for the first time in years the other night when they were doing the um the House Speaker votes. Yeah. But she just completely just, she was like, it's too negative. It's just too much craziness going on. So her show was kind of short-lived. And like I said, the biggest fight I have now with the podcast is just being consistent. And so it was so funny because a lot of our listeners, longtime listeners, would just be like, they kind of gave us this phrase. They'd be like, we, we know life be life. And you said, we'll go. For three months and then fall off for a month and come back. So anytime I do introduction now, I always I label our show the most inconsistent podcast ever because <laughs> we'll get going and then something to happen and we'll fall off. But it's so funny because our listeners are just like, we get it. We know <laughs> they, they've been listening for years now, so they know we'll fall on. But I really when we get back out here, really just want to especially kind of being in this fitness and health and wellness space where and like I said, it's opening up so many doors for us and I'm meeting so many people and so it's like, okay, now I got plenty of content to really talk about and people to interview and stuff like that. So um, actually, I want to put together an episode here recently because I really wanted to talk about 
these last five, six months with her training because it's been absolutely amazing what she's accomplished. It was crazy sitting at Iron Wars. Even today, like, they had a, a bench set up in at the Fit Expo, and people were just kind of – now, mind you, Friday she did 11, 11 reps on the 135, so they had the Expo thing out today, and she did it again, and she hit 12 today, and people were just standing behind me, and they were just like, holy shit, like, she's good. <laughs> And when you tell people she's only been training for a few months, they're just like, what? Like, so it's, it's I so, really want to talk about that journey. And Did you cry? Him? No. <laughs> Me? No, honestly. Last uh, Iron Wars? No, I, was, I was so. He almost now, did. Now, mind you, <laughs> leading up to Iron Wars, she was trying to talk herself out of it. She was, was like, I'm not going to do it. Like, she was so nervous. She was like, I'm not going to do it. I'm like, no, you're going to do it. And I told her, I was like. And I, I taught her, so if you're not going to do it, tell CT you're not going to do it. I couldn't tell him that. <laughs> <laughs> I could not tell him that. So I was like, forget it. So that Friday, she literally sat in the car for like an hour and didn't want to get in out of the car. Of, we were in sitting front in front of the, of the gym. gym. I, I so I went out. in to help them get stuff set up, and she was just sitting in the car, and she would not get out of the car. She was like. So you were nervous? I was so nervous. I did, You know, I was like, I didn't want to embarrass myself. I haven't been doing this very long. You know, I feel like what I've done is not a big deal, you know, because I mean, I follow a bunch of fitness women online and see all these really strong women. And I get it. They've been traded for years and years and years. And I was just like, what the heck am I doing? I am so out of my league. <laughs> I told him I was like, why didn't you say something to me six months ago? Like, why did you tell me? Don't say that. Don't, <laughs> like, don't say you're going to do that. So I was like, I was just super, super nervous. And I had to get my, my mind together because. I had told CT I was going to do it. And I was like, I can't tell him I'm not. So I'm going to go and just give it what I can. If I win, I win. If I don't, I don't. I had no expectation of winning because I had been there last year and I had seen other women. I was like, I I don't think I can do it. But I yeah, it's, it's a high energy. It definitely is. Yeah. And it sucks you in and you're like, oh, I want to do it too. <laughs> and I mean, it was, t I was so nervous when I, when they called my name and I got on the bench, my legs were shaking. So I was trying I to, not have my legs shake because he was doing a live stream on YouTube. I was like, please don't let anybody see my legs shaking. And I'm trying to lift too. So I was trying to focus. And so today when I did 12 reps at the expo, he was like, you could have did that yesterday. I said, when I tell you how my brain was like, don't let your legs shake. You got to lift, do all this at the same time. I was like, I was literally shaking on the bench at Iron Wars because I was so nervous. So the, everybody was just watching. The other young lady that she went against, she had been training for years. Yeah, seven years. Mm -hmm. And so they kind of met when she came in because when we got there, Kim was working the the table the of check signing the check-in table. So her and the girl that she went against were talking and she was like, Oh yeah, I've been lifting for what? Seven, seven years. Seven years. And and so she really got nervous then because she was just like, Oh, and she was half my age. Like she's twenty four. <laughs> like so I saw her card, you know, I'm like, she's twenty four. And she said, you know, I can rep eight at one thirty five. And I told Michael, I was like, she's probably lying i know she she's 20 something she's gonna be just pulling them out but i and i was like and i had never repped more than five because that wasn't how her training and we didn't know what the how the competition worked for the women so we didn't know if they were doing like a max bench like how much you can bench or we didn't know if they were doing reps so the way ct had her plan set up he would only have her like doing three to five reps on each bench exercise. So sometimes it'd be a floor press or a pin press or a regular bench or close grip bench. He just had her doing all kinds of things. So we had never really I never tested, tested to see how many, many reps could she could do because we didn't know what the weight was going to be. 
So when she, the girl went first and she did what, nine, eight? Yeah, she did nine. She did nine. And I had only seen Kim do like three to five reps on the 135. So I'm kind of like, oh, shit. Like, <laughs> uh, okay. But and she, again, she was younger. And I was like, oh, uh-uh. <laughs> so we had no idea how many reps she could do. But if you go back and watch the live stream or the video we posted to Instagram, when she got that first, she the first rep, she just kind of threw it up and it was really light. And CT was like, oh, shit. So, and it was just like, she just kept going. And I was just like, so when she got to... 10 so she had yeah the girl had got nine so when she got to 10 i was like i was like blown away i was like and then to hear the men behind me that had been lifting for years that the guys were they were just like what the fuck <laughs> like they were just blown away especially when ct was like she's only been lifting for five months so everybody was just blown away and then when she won it was like whoa so i was so That's i amazing. didn't cry but i was like i was so proud like i was like i told her i said i'm Almost in tears now because I was so proud of it. Yeah. And to see um, the embrace that her and CT shared after that, he was so proud of her. He was so proud. And it was just like this. And like I said, this the way this journey has kind of unfolded all these years has been kind of surreal for me. You know, it's just like you. I never started this journey to inspire anybody. It was just like, okay, Michael, you got to get this weight off or you're not going to you're going to die like you're going to kill yourself. And, you know, to see her, people walking up to her at the fitness expo, recognizing her. And it was just like, I said, this is really cool. So it, it's really blossomed into something that I'd never, never, ever imagine. It's a beautiful thing to witness. Yeah. Know, and I think as... for CT, you know, he's got lots of kids, <laughs> you know, yeah. lots of kids. And um, I don't think any of his daughters lift. No. Um, Samson, definitely, you know, he's uh, out there. Monster. And so... Um, yeah, monster walking muscle. Yeah. Just, yeah. So nah. he he gets a kick out of it when he can say you know that I, that he trained me and he you know able to see that happen. So. Yeah. So we were went to um, my wife has been doing the vegan thing for a while, so I'm trying to get on that whole plant based train. So we, there's this place called the Vegan Exchange out here in Hollywood. So we went there before we went to the expo, and we were standing in line getting our food and. I get a notification on my phone and CT had made a whole post like specifically about her. And then I was just like, Oh God, here he goes babying you again. <laughs> so but he was so proud. And so she kind of walked off and she came back and she was like, my heart. I was like, it's beautiful though. you know. And I'm glad you guys take care of him as far as like you guys did with the, the um, foot massager. Yeah. That was yeah. you know, amazing. I, I you know, People, it, it uh, he does better with the online trolls than I do. You know, I take a lot of this crazy stuff people say to him, you know, and I, you know, I normally let Samson handle all that, but just somebody that's close to him, it really bothers me when people like, oh, that's not the CT Fletcher. I remember like people don't get older and go uh, through health uh, issues and stuff like that. So, you know, sports fans. Yeah. It's just like, really like, come on. The, the man is what? 63 years mm -hmm. old now. Yeah. Like, like, oh, he's not the same guy. And so that crap really bothers me. So and I and I always tell him, like, you know, when it comes to like his merchandise, anything I wear with any his stuff, like I pay for it. Like I never ask him for anything free. Like it's not that type of relationship. And I tell him all the time, I'm like, I what we do what we do for you, whether it's coming out for the events, any anything we could do to help, because I'm just so appreciative for yeah. what he did for me. 
and really what he like when he really stepped in when her dad died, like he didn't have to do that. Yeah. And so I'm just so appreciative. I tell him all the time, whatever you need me to do, I'm there. So, you know, he he hit me last year. They were getting a um getting some footage for they're trying to get his reality show off the ground and all of that stuff. And he was like, he called me one day. Now, normally we always text each other. So I know when he calls my phone, like it's something going on. So he calls me one day. He was like, son, I really want you to be a part of this promo for the, the, the reality show. Can you get here? Like when you need me there, hopped on the first thing smoking came out, we recorded the stuff. I, I told him, I said, I will forever be grateful for what you did for me and what you're doing for my wife. So whenever you need me, I'm there. So whether it's helping at Iron Wars or at the Expos or wherever, whenever, however he needs me, I'm there for him. So, yeah. And it just, like I said, it just turned into something. Like, it was funny the day he got mad at me about they were taking a family photo. So I'm just trying to back off and get out of the photo. And he was like, get your ass over here right now. <laughs> he was like, you're family. You come over here and get in this picture. I'm like, so, you know, you try not to intrude and get into that kind of stuff. And when I interviewed Samson for our podcast a couple of months ago, I asked him, you know, I was like, how do you feel about kind of sharing your dad with the world? You know, and he, he, he admitted like early on, it was very hard for him as his actual son to have everybody call his dad pops and mm-hmm. kind of share him with the world. He's like, but I had to understand as I got older that my dad has done some amazing things that inspire people. He said, so now I'm able to embrace the fact that, you know, he's kind of like a dad for everybody. And so I always tell him like, I'm like, look, man, I, not, that's not my goal to come here and step on your toes or jump in where I don't fit in or anything like that. And um, CT's like, no, y'all are family. So he always, that's that's his daughter and all of that stuff. So like I said, I appreciate how they've accepted us into their family. And, you know, like I said, so I'm on the first thing smoking, whatever he calls me. So wherever I can do to help, I'm there. So, but, you know, that um, the swelling in his legs, I was just, we were just trying to figure out, like, what we could do to help. And I know, you know, he, he put it out there that, you know, a lot of the reason for the swelling is because of the, the medicine he has to take for the heart transplant. So it causes mm-hmm. the swelling in his feet. And I'm just like, you know, we bought him a pair of walking shoes not too long ago. Cause he stayed trying to put his feet in them converse. And, um, I was just like, well, maybe we can do the foot and leg massage. And he said, it's really been helping. So that, it was just more just to try to get him as much comfort as he can possibly get. Cause he really wants to get back and start walking and, kind of getting back into a fitness routine. So I said, yeah, that was just more of just whatever we could do to help with the swelling in his legs and his feet. So that's, that's pretty much gesture. it. Yeah. Really nice gesture. And even, I guess to kind of jump or go a little bit off a little bit to talk generation. And I noticed you guys mm-hmm. came in on your podcast comfortable with talking relationship. Mm-hmm. We came in on our podcast talking more interviewing mm-hmm. and, you know, with other people. Yeah. I drive ride share and I do notice that even as you know, the next generation and single people, they're having a hard time out here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's a different uh dating field out here. <laughs> right. It's what, different. What are some of the things as a, as far as the journey that you guys share together and the, the love, understanding the love that it takes to share a journey like what you have? Some some people don't they don't understand what it takes when you love somebody to kind of go through a journey. I'll let her before me. And the one thing that stood out with our podcast, especially when we were talking relationship, we never tried to sugarcoat and act like our relationship was perfect because it's not, we've had our ups and downs 
And being able to kind of put that in the forefront, I think, made it a little more relatable to the average person. You get a lot of people that talk about relationships, and when you listen to them, you would think, oh, their relationship is all roses and all of that stuff. Like, I stay on her last nerve (laughs) on a consistent basis. And I will put that out there, and it just made it more relatable. But I think now, especially as we get older and kind of going through this hell journey for me, I'm more appreciative to her when I got, when I got, when I was in the hospital for those two weeks, she never left my side other than cause it was during COVID. So she could only stay for what to like eight o'clock. I yeah. think mm. from the time they allowed visitors to the time they told her to go home, she never left my side for those two and a half weeks. I was in the hospital. And for me, that was just really the, the point where it's just like, like I'm good. Like I, this is, I needed this because I don't know what would have happened had she not been there by my side. And I don't like needles. So the whole, they were poking (laughs) and prodding on me in that hospital. And I was like, I told her, I said, I'm leaving. Like I was Mm -hmm. to the point I was going to check my ass right out of that hospital. Whatever happened after that was going to happen. And I did not care because my blood pressure would not regulate. So they had to, they couldn't take it from a regular cuff. They had to stick a needle in my arm and basically monitor the blood pressure through my through my veins but anytime I moved like I couldn't sleep I think I was starting to go delirious because I couldn't sleep because every time I would move the needle would shift and then they have to poke me again and I said I'm getting the hell out of here and <laughs> it got so bad to the point where she's like I'm calling your mother she literally called my mother and my mother lit into my ass <laughs> real good and I shut up and it was just like but for me it made me realize like if I didn't have that if I didn't have her as my backbone, I probably would have done something stupid and probably wouldn't be here right now to tell that story. So that part of it, and don't get me wrong, I still get on her nerves, and a lot of times I do it on purpose just because it makes, <laughs> makes my life, it entertains me at times. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, it's, um, you know, as you get older, when you're younger, you, you don't have that mindset, but really knowing that you got somebody that's got your back at all times really solidified all of this for me that I ain't going no damn where. Like, it's just, I need her to separate my pills for me. And, you, know, you know, yeah, and keep, I think keep it, me on my feet. I think it's, you know, getting to the point where you accept. Because it's either you're going to accept the person for who they are and what they bring, or you're not. So w- what's it going to be? Yeah, You know, and um, like I said, my first marriage was not good at all. And I got to that point where it was like, I'm either going to accept this madness or I'm not. And I decided not to. So I went 10 years and I had resolved myself to, I'm going to be single. I'm going to raise these two little girls to be productive citizens. And I'm just going to be single. And then I met him. So, and I had no intention of getting married again, (laughs) zero intention. Like I was going to raise my kids and it was just going to be me. And, um, Met him and I broke her down. <laughs> and I honestly did a lot to not, you know, I did not want to to be in a relationship. I did not want to like him. I did not want to fall in love with him. But you did. <laughs> but I did. I'm so, so smooth with you. So it. here we are. But I think you just have to, you know, you're either gonna accept what it is or you're not. And and I appreciate the fact that he I'm I I'm a strong willed person. You know, my parents raised me very independent. I can take care of myself. And he accepts all of that. Like, 
I can, I, I know I'm at the point in my life where I know I can be something else, you know, like, and, and it, it is what it is. I do my best. I try, I'm a work in progress, <laughs> you know, but I'm headstrong and there's things that I, it's just either going to be this way or it's not. And he, he gets it and he knows when to just be like, just let her, let her, let her do her. You know, I'm a, I'm a goal person. So I have to work to something or to hold myself accountable. So this journey for me, like I said, I, I started doing triathlon because I needed to do something. Like I needed to train for that next race mm-hmm. or I wasn't going to do anything. So it's, it's either all or nothing for me. And I appreciate the fact that he, he's okay with that all or nothing. So I can give him the craziest thing in the world. Like I'm going to train for iron wars and I've never laid on a bench a day in my life. <laughs> and he says, okay, you know, like if that's what you want to do, you're going to do it. You know, we were here, I, I think a year and a half ago, um, we drove to San Francisco with his parents just to visit. And I said, I want to swim in the San, in the Bay. And he was like, uh, what? <laughs> and I was like, yeah, like I do triathlon. I want to swim there. And he was like, okay. <laughs> so I'm not getting He's like, there. I'm not, but I'll go with you. So I went. And I swam, and there was sea lions in the water. Mm-hmm. He's got it captured. He's like, uh, there's something back there. And I'm like, yeah, there's big ones. Yeah. Oh, okay. So things like that, like, I'll just say it. And he'll wow. be like, all right. You know. We snorkel and stuff, too. Yeah. So we so know, I'm like, like we that's got crazy. another person to add to the scene. Yeah. Like, yeah. He, just, he just, you know, things like that. And I appreciate that he appreciates that about me. Because, you know, there's a lot of people out there that wouldn't be able to just would, would look at me crazy. I call her the mm-hmm. boss. That's yes. my nickname for her. Yeah. I was like, whatever you want to do, boss. <laughs> and because, and I think for me, because I'm not, I've never been like the super goal oriented type. Like I just do. Like if I want to do something, it's like, okay, I'll try that and I'll do it. If I don't like it, I won't do it. But like, she's so disciplined. And I think for me, especially now, I don't think I would be as far along on this health journey as I am without her. Because a lot of the times when I'm watching her, to watch her prep for things is like it makes me feel like a slacker. It's just like, oh, yeah. God. like, like she's up and it's just like, okay. It's, I mean, literally, just to watch her lay out the supplements and the the protein and this, and I'm just like popping thin mint cookies. I'm like, mm, okay, I guess I better do a little better. So yeah, she's definitely helped me take this thing to the next level. And so it's just. And even being here, just being at the fitness expo and being around all these people is just like, okay, I got, you know, I always, I always ask myself when I had the aorta dissection and they told me I could have died. I'm like, okay, I'm here for a reason. And I think it's been a little weird for me trying to figure out what that thing is I'm supposed to do. But as I talk to people that are on these health journeys and especially people that have had weight loss surgery and their struggles it's like, okay, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. I'm supposed to be helping people that were in the same boat that I was in. And um, so now I got a couple of guys that I kind of work with on the side that had weight loss surgery or, well, one guy had the weight loss surgery and he failed at it. He had it right before I had it. And he's bigger now than he was before he had the surgery. Mm-hmm. And another guy that I'm working with, he's a younger guy. He's actually in the process of getting the weight loss surgery. And it's, it's so interesting when people look at like my before and after pictures, they're just like, there's no way in the hell you were that big. I'm like, no, that was me. And it's just like, 
but there was a plan that I had to follow and things that I had to do. And so to kind of take a lot of that expertise that CT gave me and to kind of help other people along that journey and help them be successful with it, it's, it's been interesting. And like, you know, most people that have weight loss surgery, like 54% of the people who have weight loss surgery fell at it. And it's just like, well, why do they fail at it? Because first, they don't understand the mental aspect of it. People can tell you all the time that getting weight loss surgery is the easy way out. If it was the easy way out, everybody would be successful. And they're not. Because if you don't break that mental part of it that takes you back into those things that got you big in the first place, you're going to fail. And a lot of people fail at it because they don't get the mental aspect of it right. And so that's where I feel like, Make you know, I can come in. You really got to make that change. And that's the thing. And like I said, and it's a struggle every day. I struggle with it all the time. And my my sweet tooth is beyond ridiculous at this point. And I really have to fight with that and understand that if I continue to do these things, I'm going to end up being almost 500 pounds again. And I refuse to get back to that point. And so if I can help people be successful and not go backwards, then – that's what that's that's what I'm supposed to be doing. And we're both in like in our individual groups, you know, women's groups, men's groups for weight loss and all of that. And um, a lot of times you'll find couples that either one will lose weight and one won't or they do it together and it the relationship breaks breaks up. So, um, you know, and that that's a real thing. Like you go and you're going through this. Sometimes traumatic process of you know, you're losing all this weight, you're losing a part of yourself, your mind is changing. Like, it's a whole lot of stuff going on. Plus, you're trying to keep a marriage together. Like, it can be really difficult. And we had our ups and downs during it. You know, I, I always say that I was blessed to have him do this journey with me. Um, I don't know how the dynamic would have been had he not lost weight. And I had. I don't know where we would have been, honestly. Um, but glad that we went through it together. But as we were going through it, you know, you go through those part, those, those times where, you know, you know, I read all the time how men lose weight faster than women. And I started before him and it, it, there were, there were some times where I was discouraged and really upset because it was like falling off of him. And I'm like, I'm working my ass off. Like literally and I working was doing off. nothing. He was doing nothing. <laughs> nothing like happened. he wasn't working out. He wasn't going to, he wasn't doing nothing. Literally sitting there just losing weight. And I was livid. Like I'm up at five o'clock in the morning. <laughs> I was up at five o'clock in the morning working out, like running, biking, like all of it, all the things I was doing. And I was so angry for a while. Like, I don't understand and I was, I was losing, yeah. but it was more visible for him. Mm -hmm. You know, you know, as women were curvier, we carry our weight differently. I carry mine on the bottom half. And I was just like, this is just not fair. I'm so upset. <laughs> and he would just, you know, be like, I'm not, and I would just be so upset because he would just be chilling. And I'm literally going crazy trying to, to lose weight. And it didn't help that when people would hear our journey, I would get the question, how much more weight do you want to lose? And he would get, oh, man, it must be great to be at your goal. And I'd be like, are you kidding me? How? Really? And, and we still get it. Like, we went to Iron Wars. Mm -hmm. Everybody asked him, you lifting this year, man? What you going to live? What you going to live? And nobody said two words to me. 
So it was, and it was shocking when they heard my name and I went up and lifted and he didn't do anything. So it was like. So now I'm the, the weakling of the relationship <laughs> but because it, but my it's wife just, lifts more you know, than me. Have, and we have to deal with that. What society thinks is, you know, he's at his goal and I'm not, you know, nobody knows for real, but they look yeah. at us and, and, and think that, you know, they don't know that, you know, I could go run a half marathon tomorrow and he couldn't. You know, so (laughs) (laughs) saying half marathon makes me tired. Uh, (laughs) Right. So we have to deal with those type of struggles as well. You know, out when we go out and and people are talking or they ask questions, you know, and but it's just who she is. Like, it doesn't bother me. Like when people are like find out that she lives more than me and uh, like it that I've never been that type. So it was more because she's so like headstrong, like to where that kind of stuff bothers, it doesn't bother me. Like, yeah. it's just, she lives more than me. I'm perfectly fine. It's like, for people to recognize her, and she, when she did her little exhibition thing at the expo, this girl walks up to her, and she's like, oh, my God, you're so amazing. And, I, and like, I, for me, that makes me happy. Yeah. It makes me happy that she's doing something amazing. Like I said, my goal was just to try to be as healthy as possible and not die. So for her to get those accolades, like I enjoy that kind of stuff. It doesn't. So now I always make fun. I always tell her now that she won Ironwood. I'm like, I'm just going to be, because you see a lot of those bodybuilders in there. They have these guys that follow them around with the cameras and document them. I said, I'm going to be your little documentary man now. So I'm just going to follow you around and that's document me. your journey. Yeah, I said, that's going to be my job now. Even our, like our, our podcast, like people would be like, Kimberly's a star, Michael's the producer. So that's like our other little tagline. I was like, I just produce the shows. That's the star of the show. So yeah, that 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 dynamic works for us because I don't I don't need to be in the limelight when it comes to anything. Yeah, and 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 not and it what you know, it wasn't for me that I wanted to be in a in the limelight. It just felt like I'm putting in all this work. And she was. And because I was doing nothing in the beginning, you know, like I, I, I mean, I might walk around the neighborhood, but yeah. I wasn't doing anything of any tremendous fitness. And you just regimen. think about what people have the nerve to come up and say to you, you know, like, yeah. oh, you 50 more pounds and you'll be good. It's like, excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> I could bench press you. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously. Yep. I've been watching him trying to gain weight for the last 13 years. Yeah. And I've been, you know, yeah. yo-yoing all this. And no matter what he eats, it's not yeah. going to show up. Well, used scale. to. Used to. It shows I mean, up now. still. As you like get older, it catches pounds, up. Yeah, and it's like, yeah. wow. It's right. funny. My, daughter, my oldest daughter's <laughs> like that. She was so real skinny. And as she's getting older now, especially after she had her baby, she was like, she could eat anything. I'm like, 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 how do you eating all that? She would never gain a pound. But I always told her, I said, the older you get. Mm-hmm. And now she's just like, oh, my God, dad, it's really starting to kill. I was like, I tried to tell you. Mm-hmm. Is it, is it, yeah, that, that, that age will do something to you. So, yeah, it's been interesting. And it gets into your mind, you know. While we are a couple, you know, we are individuals. And it does get into your mind. And you start thinking about, like, gosh, what is wrong with me? Do I Maybe I should lose another 50 pounds. And you have to block out all that society and what that, you what know. they think is normal and what that is. So I want to just get to a goal of consistency on my workout just to where yeah. it's, it's a way of life. And yeah. That's like yep. And that's California. really what it is. When they say it's a lifestyle change, it really is a lifestyle change. Yeah. And that's still the thing that I struggle with is, you know, I'll get up, I'll go to the gym, but 
you know, she's always on me, Michael, you got to do more cardio. And I do need to do more cardio. Mm. Like, I can go in the gym and lift, but she's like, no, are you going to? Your heart health. Yeah. 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 I was going to ask. If we need to run from health. something. Yeah. 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 And do you <laughs> only lift or do you also do cardio? No, no she does everything. I do. I do okay. cardio. Like, okay. my, I still love my running, biking, swimming. Like, I yeah. still love that. Um, strength training has helped all of that. Mm. Like, I feel like a stronger runner. I feel like a stronger cyclist mm. because of strength training. Yeah. Um, you know, if I'm. <laughs> in my mind, um, you know, I'll, I'll, I like running to, you know, get away from, you know, if I'm thinking about something or I've got things on my mind, running, cycling, I do all that for that. Um, strength training is a real good stress reliever, <laughs> especially when really? it's been a hard, me when it's a hard day at work and I'm just like ready to lose it, you know, being able to throw up some heavy weight helps me. But, um, you know, if I have a lot on my mind running and cycling, I can think through a lot of things because I have the time when I'm doing that. So I really like that stuff. He's not a cardio person at all. I, it, I don't even know what to do at this point to get this man <laughs> to walk. Like, and I tell him, you know, he, he has the, the, the heart issue. And mm -hmm. they, the doctors have said cardio is your best friend when you have heart issues, blood pressure issues, because, you know, that's going to strengthen the heart. And, you know, I don't know. He just, he he can't get with it. I believe California could. I th yeah. And you know what? I think Seriously. so. I agree. Yeah. You know, when so he's from California, from Bakersfield, and we would come and visit his parents, and I fell in love with, with it here. And the only reason why we didn't do it sooner is because my dad was so sick and he was in the hospital. And um, when he passed away, I was like, you know what? I need a change. I gotta get, I've been in Maryland most of my life. And I was like, I, I got to get out of there. I got to do something else. And I always feel more inspired after I leave here. Um, lots more vegan op options. Yes. And it's so much better <laughs> for me here. because we don't, you know, we don't have that many options in Maryland. So when I come here, I'm like, oh, uh -huh. you know, I could um, really enjoy myself. And I was like, yeah, we got to be here. And I mm -hmm. think that that will help him, I, I hope, with getting outside because he doesn't do outdoors too much. You know, it's either in the gym or that's it. We have a tread at home. We have a bike at home. Like, you you can do it in the house. And he just, right. I can't get him to do it. So hopefully when we move here, get him outside, walking, maybe a little bit of running. I don't know. We'll yeah. see. You can I make it fun. You. Go to the yeah. beach and yeah. walk the boardwalk for yeah. a while. Yeah, and, and I want to do, like, trails. Mm -hmm. Um, so we have a few trails in Maryland, but, um, not much, but I see all the people doing hiking and in the mountains here. Yeah, it's rough out here. Hiking Is out it? here because it's and so mountainous and like we a moved lot here of from hills. Virginia from Alexandria. Virginia. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, yeah. 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 And you know, the winters are awful. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yes. Experience that first so, storm coming and, here. What year yeah. were you there? Uh, was it 2015 through 20? Yeah, 2015. We got here 2018. 20, yeah. And we came here 2018, so we kind of Were you there it. during the big the storm? Yeah. Snowmageddon? We were, we were you in were D there? We were yeah. In yep. Yeah. Yes. We so, <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah, that was something he could, he wasn't there. He, he hurt. He had come, you came what, right after? It was 2013 yeah. when I got there. But we had a big snowstorm the first year I was it. there, and we yeah. almost broke up. <laughs> and I I didn't know what like seasonal depression and all that I had heard about it I didn't know it was a thing mm -hmm. until I met him and he came to Maryland and we had a snowstorm and he 
I mean, he was, it was unbearable to I live with him. I started playing my cello as far as in, in yeah. DC or in the DMV. No, yeah. it was yeah. the depression I, part. That particular yeah. day, I remember, and I've never had issues with depression or anything like that. I remember because I, <laughs> I had my car parked out in front of the house. And I remember looking out the window, seeing my car, and we knew the storm was coming. I literally looked outside an hour later, my car was gone. Like, it was covered in snow. <laughs> you couldn't see anything. Yeah. And I looked out the window, and I was like, oh, yeah, I'm getting the hell out of here. Like, I was, I couldn't. He was grumpy. He didn't want to talk to me. Like, I called my mother. I was like, what the hell is wrong with him? And she was like, what's going on? I told him she was like, he's not used to this. Like, you got to give him some grace. He's not used to this, the the cold, for one. It's freezing. Mm -hmm. Then the snow. Then you can't get around. You're snowed in. Like, he felt trapped because he couldn't get out. And that's when I knew I was like, "This is a real life thing" because he can't handle it. He's <laughs> like, gotten better over the years, but, but we still. haven't had any real terrible snowstorms either. Right. It's been a long but the, been years but the since cold. it's got like. He's like, yeah. uh-uh. I mean, the cold I can. It's like, eh, okay, I can kind of deal with it, but that snow was too much for me. I, I mean, like, I, I asked her just yesterday on the podcast, "When does she think I was? I was depressed. If I was ever depressed uh-huh. since we in." That it was, was there. Yeah. It was there. Mm-hmm. Before mm-hmm. I started playing my cello. Yeah. yeah, yeah thing, so. No, yeah. sir. And I, it's like I said, the weather, something about the cloudiness yes. when I first got there. Yeah. Was it's a lot of clouds dreary. in that area. And I, I, and the I energy like my is sun. different. Mm-hmm. The energy is different. There. Yeah. yeah. Especially, but yeah, here, you're going to, yeah, as you see, we don't have any elevators. At and least that's they the don't, thing. They don't like fix I'm, the elevators. I'm from California. I was born and raised in California. It was just like, but I had, when I left here in 97, I had no intentions on ever moving back to California. Like, I was good. So I jumped all over the place. When I left California, the first time I went, lived in Atlanta for two years. And my mother was always on me about going to college. She's like, Michael, you got to go to school. I was smart enough to know early on that if I went to school in Atlanta, I was not going to get anything accomplished because (laughs) when I tell you Atlanta had a hold on a young Michael, (laughs) it was strip clubs and partying, and I was just like, Atlanta. It was Atlanta. Yeah, so I was <laughs> we lived like, there as well. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> now nah, if Atlanta. I if I stay here, I'm not going to get anything accomplished. So I ended up going back to California for a little while, and I was like, look, I just I knew I wanted to go to HBCU. I always wanted to go to HBCU. So I was just like, I just remember filling out college applications. I was just like, the first HBCU to get back to me, that's where I'm going. And Jackson State was it. So I ended up going to Jackson State. Jackson and, State. Yep, JSU Tiger. So I ended up going there and. Finished school, left there. I was also married before too, so I was in, I was in Mississippi thirteen years. And it's funny to reflect back to us meeting. We met at Iron Wars. I mm-hmm. saw this lovely couple sitting there, and I just took a picture. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And now we're here. He went to Jackson State. I'm from Jackson. Oh, wow. I went to Jackson State as well for three years. I didn't complete, right. but that's how small the world yeah, it really absolutely. is. Yeah. It yeah. really is. So yeah, but it's been a journey, mess. I left Arkansas when I got divorced the first time. I left there. And I left Mississippi when I got divorced and went to Little Rock, and I was there for a couple of years, and then met her and left Little Rock and came to the DMV. Been there ever since, and now. She's always wanted to come to California, and I was just like, I was the one kind of against it. I was like, nah, I'm good. I don't <laughs> want to go back to California. But, you know, you know, after her dad passed, it was kind of opened up that door. I don't think she would have ever left while he was, you know, still alive. So right. when he passed, and then my parents are still here, so they're getting a little older. And it's just like, okay, 
well, maybe this is the right time. And, and you know, and our kids are about grown. Well, mm-hmm. all of them are grown yeah. except for the youngest one. So it's just like, okay, maybe this is the right time. And it's something about, and I don't know if it's just because I'm older now, but when I come out here, I get so inspired to do other things. It's just like something about being back here. It's just like, okay, this is definitely, young. this is uh-huh. definitely, and I wouldn't say young, yeah. but you know, <laughs> it definitely makes me feel inspired. So it's just like, you know, like I said, the, the, the chance meeting with CT and like I said, all the doors that it's open, especially kind of with us being on this, this, this fitness journey is like, okay, this is definitely the right time. So yeah, that's what's bringing us back here and hopefully it'll turn into something even bigger and more amazing as we go along. Well, I could definitely say that I appreciate the energy that you guys bring. I am happy to hear that you're coming to California. Yeah, definitely. I know that you're just visiting now and we're not going to take up all of your time today, even though we got a whole <laughs> lot more to talk about. Oh, we'll definitely we do a round two. We didn't even, you know, get into the Jackson part that well. That's a whole nother conversation. Nah, it ain't much to talk about with Jackson. <laughs> I don't, well, you know, even just what's going on today from where it was no. when you were there and even now, you know. But I'm really looking forward to having you guys in California. Yeah, um, I definitely would got to have you guys on the podcast. I, w- I would like to put together something, you know, even a little bit more um, in the future. Oh, yeah. awesome. definitely. We're mobile basically. Okay. okay. Cool. So yeah, we can, you know, if we had even just an idea of more people and we just, we can yeah. move around on the mic. That's fine. That's just conversation. Yeah. And oh, yeah. we need to educate some of these youth. Like I said, I drive ride share. So it needs some guidance out oh, there yeah. on uh, understanding what it takes to get to. Yeah, but a what, I'm, what I'm point. realizing about, <laughs> especially the younger generation, these times are, and we 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 talk about this all the time where we try to put ourselves in the shoes of these kids now. It's just like the world is so different, and but you they know, want it. They want the same. They mm-hmm. want it. Yeah. yeah they, don't know, just, they don't know how and, to get yeah. to it. And I don't know if, if it's social media or what it is that has told. I, we always say, like, I'm so glad we didn't have social media when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. It, yeah. I mean, it's just these phones and everything. Like, my mother, it drives my mother insane. She came to visit us for Thanksgiving a few years ago, and she was just watching the girls on their phone, and she was like, I cannot raise kids. Because <laughs> for yeah. them, it's just like to have a kid that has everything – all this information at the tip of their fingers, like draws my mother insane. She was like, you know, I felt like I had to shelter you from everything. She said, but these kids aren't really being sheltered from anything. She's like, anything they want to see hear, <laughs> no, it's all right there on their phone. And it like, is mind blowing to her with that. And, and I was like, it's be- and what's the scariest thing now is because some of it is really more just orchestrated. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, it's a program mm-hmm. to a certain degree. Mm-hmm. And that's the biggest risk. Of we talked about that with TikTok. I was watching a video or I think it was a news segment and they were saying how the algorithms are different here in America when it comes to social mm-hmm. media and the stuff yeah. that these kids see compared to a place like China or Japan. If you go to TikTok over there, everything that they see on their news feed is mainly educational, educational stuff, science projects. But a lot of stuff that our kids are seeing here is all foolishness and goofy stuff, fighting yeah. and and you know and all of this stuff. And I'm just like, yeah. And so it's is. it's really trying to get these kids to understand that what they're seeing on social media is not real. Yeah, like it yeah. is. And pe- and and that's another thing they see relationships on social media. And mm-hmm. think that that's real, like that that yeah. and they're not yeah. getting that. A lot of these folks are showing you what they want 
you to see, not yeah. what's really going on. So, you know, comparing one, comparing themselves and then comparing their relationships to what is possibly not real. You know, it's just a whole nother layer of issues when it comes to, you know, trying to be in a relationship nowadays. Yeah. yeah. And that's why it's important for people like us to talk yeah. about our relationship mm-hmm. and to talk about the bad stuff and the good stuff just because yeah. I, I feel like nowadays the younger generation, they don't know like relationships or marriages, they take work. Yes. So yeah. anytime something yes. goes bad, they're like, all right, let me, yep. you know, duck out or whatever. Yeah. And especially like, when you see, you know, oh my gosh, I want that $5 million wedding because I saw this on Instagram and I want to put this together and do And that's what they're thinking about. And they're not thinking about the work that goes into after yeah. that. Yeah. After that, you sign that check on that bill for the wedding. <laughs> you really got to put in some work. Like right. it's yeah. not going to be a, a Instagram relationship. Yeah, yeah. And you're and we were just We were a little hesitant early on to kind of talk about the bad stuff that happened in our marriage, but it was so when it started to become such a thing where it was relatable and people were just like, you know, hell, we kind of dealing with the same thing too. And to kind of be open about it was like, okay this is kind of like the right avenue because we never tried to paint this picture. Like, you know, our relationship was the best ever. Cause like I said, we have our ups and downs just like anybody else. And I felt it was very important to not only talk about the good, but also talk about the bad. And it was kind of like an outlet early on for us. Cause I mean, we've done many a shows where she was not happy with me, (laughs) (laughs) not happy with me at all or vice versa, whatever the case is. And she's one of those people when she's mad at you, like she'll just shut down. Like it's just, it's but it made for interesting conversations though and it was just like okay you know i wanted people even even not only with our relationship but also our weight loss journey yeah so many people that have weight loss surgery don't tell people they have weight loss and that drives her Mm. insane Mm. because she still has like a lot of the women that she followed that did the plus size modeling and you know they try to act like they didn't have weight loss surgery or and all of this stuff, it was like, no, we felt like that was important to be totally honest about how we started our health journey and not try to act like, oh, we took this magic pill and we lost mm-hmm. 200 some odd pounds. Like, no, we had weight loss surgery. This is why we did it. And try to be as transparent as we can with that journey because you never know who's going to follow that journey. It's always amazing. And, you know, I know she has women that hit her up, but men that either DM me or reach out and they're just like, I got a cousin that had weight loss surgery. We knew she had weight loss, but she never told anybody she had weight loss surgery. Not till like a year or so ago. I remember she sent me this long DM and she was like, cousin, I really got to tell you, like you really helped me come out of my shell. I didn't want anybody to know I had weight loss surgery, even though we kind of figured, but it was like, she didn't, I didn't want the public to know that I had the surgery because I was scared of what people were going to say about it. And I'm like, why would you even care? Right. But again, it was just, you know, it was, to her, it was something that was looked at negative, and she was like, you know, I didn't want people to judge me. I'm like, you did what you had to do for you, and that was the best decision you made. And, she, and she's the healthiest. She looks amazing, the healthiest she's ever been. And I was like, I was never going to try to shy away from the fact that I had weight loss surgery. Like, it was just that thing, and I knew I had to be upfront about it. Because, first of all, nobody was going to believe. And like she said, my weight came off really fast. I was like, nobody's going to believe. They're going to think I'm smoking crack is what they're going to think I'm doing. <laughs> so it was just like – Nobody was ever going to believe I was dropping weight that fast and I was just doing it because I wasn't eating this or that anymore. It's like, no, but it did to see how many people that it has helped and, you know, kind of inspired to, you know, be not only get the weight loss surgery, but not shy away from the fact that they had, it has been 
It's and been I, interesting. I think for us, you know, I just wanted people to know it's an option. It may not yep. be for everybody. Yep. It's drastic. It's hard. Um, it's not a magic anything. You know, the first eight weeks after I had surgery, I spent throwing up. Like, it was hard. It was awful. But I felt like I had to do it because I needed to save my life. You know, I had little kids, and I had to do it for me. And like he said, it bothers me when I see people who I know have done other things to lose weight that are now on Instagram saying, oh, wear this wrap and drink this tea and you'll lose 200 pounds. And you have especially young girls that are wasting their money and paying these influencers to buy all this stuff. And, and it's not happening. And then you see them posting, oh, I'm not losing weight. I'm so depressed. I'm this and that. I'm, I'm that. Mm-hmm. And they're seeing things that are not real. That mm-hmm. just drives me insane. And I, you know, I've never, I've always been open about the journey. It it has definitely not been, been easy. You know, I, once lose, I lost the weight, I had a ton of loose skin that I couldn't do anything with. No strength training, no nothing was going to help. I've had skin removal surgery. I have scars. I have all of it. And um, this was just a path that I needed to, to take. And if, you know, someone else feels that they need to take that journey, I'm happy to help. If they don't, I'm still happy to help. You know, we had a sweet spot of one year after having surgery and it's been work. I work out seven days a week. Like I watch what I eat. It is definitely not a magic To the point pill. where I have to tell her to, she doesn't know what a rest day is. I'm like, <laughs> you need to sit down yeah. and do nothing. Yeah. Like I literally have to like force her to like just relax and rest. But it's hard work, just like mm-hmm. any other weight loss journey, however anybody decides to do it, it you got to put in the work. And I just, I can't take it when people are like, oh, take this pill and put this waist trainer on and you'll be good. It's like, no, no, don't lie to the folks. And that, you know, that's what these kids are seeing as far as that and relationships and, you know, making money. They think it's all going to be quick and easy and it's, and it's not. And I think that that's one of the things about the, that this generation is that, you know, it, we grew up in a time where it was, you know, you got to put in the work, you yeah. know, wh- whatever it is. If you're going to be an Instagram influencer, you got to put in the work to do it. It's not going to yeah. be handed to you. So, yeah. you know, that's what we hope that we are able to to show the younger generation that it, whatever you're going to do, you got to put in the work. Yep. Yeah. It's definitely inspiring. It inspires me. Even just like I said, you got, I love seeing another happy couple, especially a happy couple of color as well. So, Having this podcast, even you guys having a podcast, like I said, it, it inspires me. I know it inspires her <laughs> as well. And I'm the like the last one I feel like is really making the effort towards my goal. And the thing with me, once I start, yeah, I see mine because I'm it's coming like from nothing. Weeks. So I, I see it immediately. <laughs> you know, yeah. I, that's why, I, you know, my discipline, I got to get my discipline mm-hmm. together. And, of course, you know, time don't stop. So age mm-hmm. is there. So. That was the thing for me. Like it, one of the things that you know, CT would. I, one of the things I always remember that he would say is like, you know, you got to be addicted to this. Like you, you got to want it all the time. And it wasn't until I started seeing my body kind of transform. I was like, ooh, I got a muscle here. It was just like that's when it really started to become like yeah. addicting. And it was just like, oh snap, I got to keep going and keep going and keep going. And so when they, when I felt like when I had the heart issue and they, it was like they told me I couldn't lift anymore. I felt like they took my world from me. It was just like, yeah. what am I going to do now? And I was literally super depressed. And so for him to kind of step in and help me get back on that journey and keep going, he was just like, you ain't dead. So you're going to keep training. We're just going to tweak it a little bit. 
that you can work with. And I was like, cool. And so it really does, once you get going and you start really seeing your body kind of shape and form into this vision that you have for it, it's like, yeah, this is addicting. And yeah, it and is and very I, addicting. And yeah. I think it's important for people to realize, you know, as you do get older, you got to think about stuff like your mobility. Yeah. And, you yeah. know, I don't want to be hunched over. I don't want to be in a wheelchair if I can help it. You know, I want to be able, my dad was 65 years old and couldn't walk. I don't, I need to, to, to be better than that. You know, my, my grandmother had diabetes and lost her eyesight. Like those are things that we can help, Yeah, you know, you know, you, you can't help if you get ill or you, you're in an accident or, or whatever. But you know, if it's your diet and you're, you've got diabetes and you can reverse that. Yes, let's do it. You know, if you can lift some weights so you can, you know, walk down the street or go to the mailbox when you're 80, like, that's where I want to be. You know, I don't want to be stuck in a wheelchair with a walker. There was a guy at Iron Wars. Was he 70? He said he'd be 70. 70. Mm -hmm. He was there last year, was giving them young boys a run for their money (laughs) on that bench press. And I was just like, when you look at him, you like, you wouldn't think he was that old. He looks old. like he's in his 50s. Yeah. yeah. The brother's amazing. Now, he didn't lift this year. He was just there. He had one of his guys that he's trained that was there. But I'm sitting there watching this guy. I'm like, he's 70 years old. Swole. Like, yeah. and, the, yeah. and I, I said, I remember him from last year. It was just like, you know, we, and I'm, I'm very bad about saying how old I am and I feel old and all of that stuff. But it's like, age is really a number. Like this. It is. Long as you you know you give your body the nutrition it needs and work like, just because you're getting older doesn't mean that you can't do certain things anymore. So that's something that I'm I'm really learning as well. We got the videos where we started going to a chiropractor and to watch him yes. listen to him pop me and crack me all around. He told me he took the scan of my body. He was like, you built like a grandfather. <laughs> like when I tell you my skin, my body was all, but it was from years of having all that weight on me too that threw my body all out of whack. So. I mean, I'm probably the most flat-footed person in the world. I got the flattest feet ever, but my I got one shoulder that's longer, shorter than the other. I got one leg shorter than the other. And for him to just crack my neck was like, whoa. Like, it was like instant relief. Like, I was like, oh, my God. Like, my body had been so compressed carrying all that weight around. It was just mm. like. And Thank again, this is where she, that that's too. where she gets on yeah. me, too, about stretching that. and stuff like that before I work out. Because I don't do any of that stuff. So yeah, it's just like, she's too. like, Michael, you got to take care of your body. You got to start doing yoga. You got to start doing this. <laughs> right. Yeah, because I'm like, we're going to the chiropractor, but it's a waste if you're not going to be go yeah. home and stretch yeah. every day or do something to, yeah. to keep, keep it going. Line, because yeah. we're just that, we're just throwing money at him because he's just going to crack you this week and you'll be hunched over next week. Mm-hmm. So you got to keep it going. I, and that's from that's where I'm at at this point is I just want to be mobile. I, you know, I was at home. I'm was born in Nashville. And so I went with my mom and, um, to see her sisters a few weeks ago and they were all talking, they're all in their sixties and they're talking about this pill for this. And then this knee hurts and this bad. And I was just like, uh, uh-uh. uh. and I, you know, I started talking to them. I was like, so this is what we're going to do. We're going to start doing these things for you all to start getting your mobility better because I do not want to be sitting around at 60 something years old comparing pill bottles. <laughs> like, and I'm sitting there, I said, when did this happen? And they were like, well, this is what happens when you get old. And I refuse to believe that yeah. you have to, that that has to be, it, it can't, there's gotta yeah. be a better way. Like I do not want to be sitting around looking at little orange bottles talking about, I'm using this for my knee, this for my ankle. This, I don't want to do that. <laughs> <laughs> well, before we get ready to close it out, 
let the audience know where they can find something in common podcast. Do your job, boss. <laughs> so we are on all social media as something, no G, something in common. We're on Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, Facebook, S-O-M-E-T-H-I-N, no G, something in common. And well, Instagram is something underscore in underscore common. common. Yep. And okay. then we're on what, iHeartRadio? iHeart. Stitcher. Stitcher. Google Play, uh, iTunes. Yeah, that's it. Yep. Okay. And we'd like to say again, congratulations to the champ champ. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Yes. That, that's and, how you do it. That's how you do it. <laughs> I, I am going to regret this decision. I, no lie. Like, she has not. Every time... Address me as the champ. <laughs> like, but I, I tell her when, especially when CT made that post today, I was just like, and I, I told her, I'm like, you gotta, now you gotta, you gotta, you gotta keep that crown. So now you gotta go back every year to somebody beat you. Yeah. So I was like, yeah, I, now because they do two events for the women. It's the 135 rep off, and then they they do have a a max lift. So I said to get the overall crown next year, she got to do the max lift too. So she'll be training for that one, and she has a transformation competition she's training for in April. So yeah, she's doing a lot. And again, my job will be to document and picture all of this stuff. So I'm just riding the coattails of the boss. The camera man. Yeah. Yep. yep. <laughs> so That's the goal, my job. the goal max for next year will be 225 pounds. So we'll see. Okay. Yep. That'll be it. <laughs> Definitely. So, thank y'all. Like I said before closing out, I'd like to say thank you again to C.T. Fletcher. Absolutely. Yes, sir. For Man. all the inspiration mm-hmm. from, you know, that you've done, you've inspired us with, with the power of that pull. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I still to this day have to watch like his videos, just they just get me pumped up. Yeah. And it's just, you know, to have that personal relationship, but, you know, he. You know, at this point, you know, he has to turn that on and off now. And, you know, he has to and, – and me and Samson have become really close. I'm more – I'm super inspired by Samson. And, you know, and yeah. Samson, his personality is not like his father's. Yeah, he's, he's really more kind of laid back and nice. chill. But to watch that boy lift is like – He's a monster. Like, monster. he was at the expo today. He was just – I'm still in awe of him when I watch him. I'm just like, what the hell? Like He's like in jeans and a sweatshirt. He's like 405. Put the four or five on the bench. Like <laughs> you're in jeans and a sweatshirt, and you just telling them four or five. Like what? Yeah. I used to weigh that. <laughs> yeah, Monster mode. And CT will tell you like he's a Samson is way stronger than I was at yeah. 27. He'll tell you that in a minute. And but the boy works out all, all day long. And I'm little. I'll text him like, When do you sleep? All day, every day. <laughs> it's so funny to see him and CT interact. So we'll be over at CT's house, and Samson will be in the backyard working out, and he'll look out the window. Like, boy, sit your ass down somewhere. Because <laughs> he, he just goes and goes and goes. Like his, I don't know, that yes. that that boy's brain operates totally different. And I'm just like, yeah, this this dude is amazing. So he's going to be. It's definitely a bloodline. But I, I tell CT all the time, I'm like, you know, that Iron Addict's legacy is in good hands. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like Samson is going to take, you know, and I, I talked to him about that when I interviewed him a few months ago. I'm like, you know, he he has ideas of where he wants the brand to go. You know, as as he officially starts to take over, so it's 
I tell him all the time between not only between Samson but his grandkids. Like his his grandson lives, his two grandsons live. Yeah. I'm like they, and they they they're getting up there fast. Too. Oh man, Jeez, Chris is a monster, right? man. Yeah. Like, Oh my God! To watch that boy lift, watch him deadlift. He's deadlifting over four hundred pounds yeah, now. Right. I'm like, like nah, he's like fourteen. Yeah, he's like fourteen. Right. Like, so yeah, I tell Tuesday, I said Iron Addicts is 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 in good hands. I said so. You know, when the time comes, when it's totally time to pass the torch, I got no doubts in my mind that the Iron Addicts legacy is going to live on for a very very long time. So. Yeah. And I yeah. look forward to try to get in there next year as far as to do some photography yeah. stuff. Yeah. yeah, come photograph the champ. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and most of our um, audience definitely know where they can reach us or yeah. just the audience in uh, general. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. <laughs> you can find us at AmericanGypsy.com. Thank you. Thank you. Kimberly, Nicole, and Michael. Thank again. you. It's appreciated, man. It's yeah. been an honor. We enjoyed this, man. So Definitely. It's good to be interviewed and not always do the interview. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we feel the same sometimes, yeah. too, as podcasters. Mm-hmm. Like, it's nice when other people ask us questions, yep. right? Yep. Definitely. So, yeah. But thank you. Again, AmericanGypsy.com. And then you can also find Consistent Self-Improvement uh, merch uh, on Luamli.com. And also every th- all the information should also link from AmericanGypsy.com. And, and we also have music you can find under Classic, K-L-A-C-C-I-K, C-A-R-P-E-N-T-A, on all major platforms. And we have uh, crystals that we uh, dig up and create jewelry out of and sell on Etsy. So if you're interested in that, Bearite Crystals, um, book a Bearite on Etsy or bookabearite.com. Thank you again for tuning in. We appreciate it. Thank you. Happy New Year again. Happy New Year. Consistent self-improvement. Peace. Peace.